hey, this is Natasha. And Natalia Starr. And, and you're listening <laughs> to Matt's Science Party Hour. And the On the Riotcast Network. Ratcoast.com. Perfect. friends welcome back to another episode of mad scientist party hour my name's kevin Kraft, joined once again by a man who threw his pants and underwear out the window and is currently stroking his boner like a bond villain strokes a cat that's jeff clark thanks for having me i kind of like that intro more than the, re- the recent ones <laughs> And transmitting to us from the Technodrome, the bearded, booger-eating, talking brain known as Shuddy Boy. Yo. Brat, brat. Yep, made Jeff a Bond villain and Shuddy a Ninja Crime. Turtle villain. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. I fucks with that. Man, you've really just been um, stomping all over Jeff's carcass this weekend, huh? Well, you know, Jeff is the one that instigated all of that. And he need, yeah. you will notice that in all of the shit talking that went back and forth between Jeff and I since the Giants were announced as the Eagles' opponent uh, was all initiated by Jeff. Oh, uh, well, and I kind of tune out when you guys are texting the thread with sports crap. I was even trying to just like crowbar shit in. <laughs> and you guys just like steamrolled right over it. Uh, so, it, fuck that. Anyway, uh, the Eagles flew all over your giant uh, corpses and pooped on them. My favorite, my favorite was when I texted near the end of the game. It said, "Hey Jeff," and it's I'm looking at my watch, and it's like 10:50 Eastern, so it's 7:50 out there. And Jeff's response is just, "I'm sleeping." <laughs> 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 well at least you didn't te- text him a picture of your wiener this time yeah that's kind of that that scarred me last time and i was like you know what? let me just get in front of the shit talking now because you know it could get real bad for me and at least i at least i've said good things up front to defend myself and my position when, like the Eagle, when it was announced that the eagles were playing the giants i really felt like I had wasted that dick pick over a meaningless Devils Rangers game years ago. Like that. Yeah. Do you even a... care about hockey anymore, Jeff? I don't. I feel like I never even hear you talk about it. Did they? Is hockey still around? <laughs> yeah, my brother actually follows hockey pretty pretty um, consistently, and I watched some Ranger games here or there. Growing up, I was a huge Ranger fan, and I played a lot of hockey. Um, but I just, yeah, I really haven't honestly uh paid attention much to it i I will when the playoffs start but that makes me a fucking lame la fairweather fan so i don't know i don't say like i'm I'm that big into hockey gotcha i don't think shuddy danced on my grave too much not as much as you're suggesting i think you just want to intro or spin it that way so he could dance on my grave here so no well i saw that right when we started now i'm kind of pissed off at you 
he tugged on his on his Eagles hat, and I was like, oh, that I I, I feel like that's a dig at Jeff. It was, I mean, I am in all Eagles gear specifically for that reason, but no, that was just me adjusting my oh. hat because it was up a little bit. So I just, I didn't even notice oh. what it was until, until you drew attention to it. And I was like, Oh, an Eagles. I didn't even know that your, your shirt just looks like a, like a, a sugar skull wearing a cap. Well, you can't, it can't really see it cause it all blends oh, in. But he, I see it now. There's an Eagles logo. Yeah. And it says Eagles down here. Ah, Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So I don't know. And then you were like, I forget what the jokes were, but you were, you were taking some shots over the group text. I was like, Oh, this is what it's like to be a sports fan. That'd yeah, be like, I got real quiet real quick though. Cause my team got <laughs> fucking truck stomp or uh, curb stomped, but truck it's still, sticked as well. It's, it's funny. Like you guys starting these, you know, friendly rivalries and talking shit. That would be like, if I went and saw, you know, Avengers Endgame, and then I'm texting Jeff when I get out of the movie, be like, oh, in your face, the Avengers just fucking stomped Thanos. It's like, you didn't fucking help them. You didn't do anything. What are, how are you How are you tap dancing on me over this? Yeah. It's, it's a little bit different. From... It's a little bit different in that people's emotions and identities are... I think interlocked more with sports teams than movie franchises, unless you're one of those weirdos. Yeah. Uh, that has to go to th- uh, got- gr- group therapy because, because avatar is so cool yeah. and that land doesn't exist. Yeah. That's exactly what I, <laughs> where I was going with it. Um, so I think that's part of what it is. Like we feel a bond with the team. Gotcha. So yes, we didn't actually do anything, but. It's still fun. Jeff to... is just as connected with the Giants as I am with the Eagles, so it's kind of fair enough. Like I would be straight up, I would not be as okay with things as Jeff is today if the roles were reversed. Well, I could only imagine if you had anything to do with the Eagles. Like if you were the guy that did their laundry or something, like you washed all their jerseys and shit. Like, oh, that's right. I washed those jerseys so good. All those extra you... molecules that got that... washed off. That could never happen. You've seen me when I've seen people that I, I, I don't know what the right word, but you've seen me around famous people before. You know how I get. There's no way I could be anywhere near anyone in the Philadelphia Eagles organization. That's true. When we had Doug Benson on the show, you basically hit under the table the whole show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jeff. When you, the best part of the game, I think, was when the Eagles faked the two point conversion. And after the Eagles call the timeout, they cut to the sideline, and Nick Sirianni's just walking up and he screams, I know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> Walks away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, he does a great job with all those situational things. Like, I picked up on it as it was happening. I was like, all right, this guy's just, I mean, he's got timeouts to burn. Maybe he can get a freebie. It doesn't really matter. So, whatever. Like, it's, you're playing with house money on a, on a one or two point play. It's just like little things like that where it's like, I, I didn't think much of Nick Sirianni coming in to the job, but he continues to like prove that he, he knows what he's fucking doing out there. Well, this has been your MSPH Sports Minute. Plimp, 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 plimp. Right. 
Yeah, I'm not going to talk some... much about fucking sports moving forward. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking. Uh, you have something for us, don't you, Kevin? Um, a little bit, a little bit. So I'm trying to give these little micro updates as things go along with the the movie that I'm 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 making, and I keep doing this because I know there are a lot of people curious about it and want to see some something finally come to fruition. But I'm also doing it to sort of hold my feet to the fire because if I make this big of a deal out of it and then end up giving up and not making the movie. I'm going to look like the biggest ass clown in the world. So I'm just fucking pot committed at this point. And it's, it has to happen. It's built in accountability for you. Is exactly. What you're doing. That's yes. exactly what you're doing. So I'm, I'm trying to at least every day make even the, the teeniest, tiniest of steps just to keep forward, forward momentum going. Because when there isn't any, even if it's 24, 48 hours, I start getting really fucking antsy. And my brain turns against me. So uh, I'm meeting with a director of photography tomorrow who is usually the, the first hire when you're doing, especially like an indie film like this. So if this guy comes aboard, I really, really have to step things up. And, you know, I had a big, big meeting with a producer guy that I, I knew to answer a whole bunch of my questions and give me more updates on budget and stuff like that. And the biggest thing... I, my, like in front of me now, my biggest obstacle is location scouting. So I basically need a one bedroom apartment to film in. And I have literally texted every single person I know in LA and told them to text every single person they know in LA. Cause I, I would move all of my shit out of here and film it here. But like, you know, this isn't a, particularly nice apartment you know especially as far as rent goes in southern california it's not like an expensive place but for some reason these fuckers put in these like shelves all over the place like built into the wall and crown molding on the ceiling and halfway up the wall and then there's like a this dividing wall right here there's shelves built into this wall and then a massive cutout for where you'd put a flat screen so it doesn't look like, you know, two struggling people are living in it. If you can't, like, I can't, right. I, I can't well, exactly. Wait until you move to your next apartment. <laughs> well, the, the, one of the biggest things is, so here's, here's the, the biggest pain in the ass with all of this. So I was kind of thinking, okay, what about a workaround? Let's rent a soundstage. 80% of the John Cooper movie, which is basically a fake documentary about a fake A-list celebrity who was king of the world, biggest star going, and then his behavior and hard partying pretty much got him blacklisted from the industry. He lost all of his money, disappeared from the public eye, and was homeless. And then a documentary crew finds him after five years living on the couch of his biggest fan in a one-bedroom apartment. And then the whole movie is basically them cataloging him as he tries to rebuild his career and just has all these horrible ideas for how he can get back in the spotlight and have a, have a career again. And so 80, 80 to 85% of the movie takes place in this apartment. 
So the, the producer did a schedule for me, and it looks like you would need 14 shooting days in the apartment, which if you're shooting for six days a week, taking Sundays off, it's 15 to 16 hour days. So you need a place where crew coming in and out, a couple scenes where people are shouting, and a couple party scenes. Like, where you're not going to get in trouble with the neighbors. Like, you have to pay off neighbors, the people living next door. Um, You have to find a place that's on the first floor, because if you're on the second, it's going to be thump, 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 thump. You have to, whoever's apartment it is, you have to pay for them to stay in a hotel for, like, two and a half weeks. You have to pay for a moving company to come and take all their shit out, store it, and then put it all back exactly where it was at the end of the shoot. If any equipment or cameras scrape the floor you have to pay for the repairs like it's a massive headache so i was like okay what about if we did a sound stage you know rent it out for two two and a half weeks build a fake apartment set and shoot there and i was told that even like the most ghetto bottom of the line sound stages are about eight thousand dollars a day a day yes which is roughly $130,000 just on the soundstage, not paying for people to build the set and all that shit. Another thing I learned, the tiers for unions go from zero to $300,000 is considered ultra low budget, and there's a minimum rate that everybody has to be paid. If you go a penny above 300000 that takes you to the low budget tier where everybody's pay jumps through the fucking roof. So, so I have to keep this under 300000 Is non-union not an option? Non-union makes things trickier. Um, does it? It does. And it, and it like if you don't have any union involved in a shoot, that um, presents some issues. And you're not getting the tier of actor you really want. Like people that aren't in SAG. You're basically holding auditions like Tommy Wiseau in the room. So, and also, I wrote one of the characters specifically for Dustin Ibarra, and he's in SAG and can't, if you're in SAG, you can't work non-union gigs. So, these are all, like, like, he breaks up with SAG for, like, a couple weeks, kind of, like, around Valentine's Day. I I never made that, I never made that connection that that's who that character was. Really? Even though it's literally his name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was when you, when you just said that. I was like, "What character could it be?" Oh, the one named Dusty. Yeah, that fucking no shit, <laughs> fucking moron. Plus, <laughs> I I wrote in cameos for since it's a, a fake documentary. I wrote in cameos from people that I know personally, like your, you know, Doug Benson's, Rob Corddry, uh, Thomas Hayden Church, just them Mark talking. McGrath. Yeah, talking to the camera, telling these you know oh. fake stories about this fake celebrity, um, just to add you know another little layer to it all, which I don't know. Like it, it could be this could be really tricky, and I might have to cut all the talking head parts anyway. Um, but there's, it's I'm I'm quickly learning that every step of DIY indie filmmaking is like a catch twenty two. 
It's like, oh, you want to do this thing? Well, you can't do this unless you have form A, and you can't get form A unless you have form B, but you can't get form B unless you have form A. But if you want form A, you need form B. But to do that, you need form A. It's just like, how has anything ever happened in this industry? This is fucking nuts. But, yeah, so if anybody in the Puminati lives in a one-bedroom apartment and you wouldn't mind getting a location fee and put up in a hotel for a couple weeks, you know, holla at your boy. Does location matter? Kind of, yeah. Like, are you looking Southern California specifically? Like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, maybe Tomas in Norway has a one-bedroom apartment and you just made a blanket statement. Yeah, that would so. not be helpful. Yeah, pretty much... If you're in the valley, that would be ideal because most actors live in this area. And if you're doing 15, 16 hour days, an hour commute to drive north or south adds two more hours to your workday. And that's just going to be fucking hell for everybody. Now, could, couldn't you do it in a two or three bedroom apartment and just hide the other bedrooms somehow? Yeah, you like, could. Like, I mean, you could even I could even use somebody's house if they have one section that you could block off and make it look like a one bedroom apartment. But, you know, if you if you own a house in Southern California, um, you probably already are a producer or a director or a lottery winner, because that's the only (laughs) way you get into those houses. Okay, but it's not just so it's not so it is geographically restricted. Yes. But it is not restricted to one-bedroom places. Not, yeah, not necessarily. As long as so it can if be shot. Anybody out there can help Kevin. Yeah, and I've already I'll put in the, boy. I've put out the bat signal for fucking everybody I know, and then just begged them, like, please, just anyone you know, ask them, because there's there are, there are location scouting websites, but I asked some people about them, and they were like, yeah, a lot of times. They're not only expensive, but then they want one of their reps to be on hand for the whole thing, and you have to grease their palms, and it ends up being super expensive. Like, this whole thing is... I specifically wrote this script to be easy to be made on a low budget, and it just turns out nothing's easy. This... Uh... Even going to other apartments, like driving around and looking for apartment buildings that have you know, one bedroom apartments available, you know, this is all all this stuff. It's kind of like putting together a puzzle and all the pieces are constantly changing their shape and picture. Like I, they're going to be, be like, okay, so when do you start shooting? And it's like, well, I don't know yet. Cause I have to get this locked down and then start hiring a crew and then do casting. And then I'll know when I'll, I'll need to be shooting in here. So I can't, I can't even go around and give people an exact date yet at this point. But it needs to be done now. I have to lock down a location. Damn, dude. Yeah, it's it's fucking it's fucking nuts. So I know this is a long shot, but getting this movie made is gonna be a long shot. So I'm taking every shot I can. I, I, I literally can't sleep at night. I I spend all day thinking about this, and then when I'm tired and I lay down and my head hits the pillow, I just keep thinking about it. Put an ad on Craigslist. That's still a thing, right? Yeah. But I haven't been on Craigslist in forever. That is a thing, though, I think. Yeah, it's a thing. It exists. Yeah, why don't, I mean, go that route. See what can 
Yeah, I was trying to think of like when you gave me the 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 like filters or the the requirements needed for this location. I was trying to think of something, but I I actually just like punted in our conversation because I had nothing smart to add. I was <laughs> like, all right, I'm just not going to reply because I don't I don't know I don't know what to say. Like, I mean, my like my place wouldn't work right because it's a in Long Beach, b second floor. See, you're paying for three people, right? Yep. And so it's like, you know, my my place is effectively checks off or doesn't check off three of those boxes. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it maybe someone like maybe Melvin, right? You know, and not to throw anyone. Well, I am throwing specifically his name in the. <laughs> but he's in your room. area too, so yeah, he's Torrance. So that's the one. That, I don't know if he's on the top floor, bottom floor, if he's in a, I don't know what his living situation is actually. I, know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like that you called him out by ago. name though. Well, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of all the Puminati that live in Southern California. Right. I mean, we do have a bunch of fans out here, but you know, it's not that, that many that I know of at least. Yeah. So. And a lot of people are scattered all over the place. And the a producer I was talking to was, was like a duplex would be ideal. And if you could, even rent both of them because like i said it's 80 85 percent of the movie is in one apartment but then there's other locations that need to be shot too so if you got a duplex um you know you'd be paying for two people to get moved out and all that shit but then you could film the alternate scenes upstairs and you're not worrying about um you know noise complaints all that shit i heard from somebody was telling me they shot something in their backyard for a movie that was being being made and it was like a couple days of shooting but he paid his neighbors like $5,000 each and then paid for them both to be in hotels and then they had to since it was in a residential area and residential parking in LA is a nightmare they had to pay a supermarket a mile away to use their half of their, their lot for parking. And then they had a shuttle service taking people from that parking lot of the supermarket up to his place so they could shoot in the backyard. It's fucking nuts. Dude, the costs associated with making a movie are just, they gotta be nuts. Obviously, you know better than I do, but yeah. fuck, dude. Every time you talk about it, like, my palms get sweaty. It's like, oh no. Yeah, I mean, if it comes down to it, like I said, I've I've dug myself in this hole. It's fucking happening. So, if I if I strike out and this is holding things up, and I've already got some crew people on board, I got to find a workaround and just shoot it here. Like it it won't make sense. It's gonna look weird. These these fucking goofballs. Look at this shit. They put. Oh, God damn this camera. They put pillars. You see this thing? It's a fake pillar. It's so unnecessary. But it makes it look fucking fancy. Yeah, and, but and it isn't. But what you so but what you would save on paying a location fee to use that apartment, you could do set dressing in there to hide all of that shit with that same amount of money. I don't know. I don't know what you'd be able to do to hide this fucking crown molding shit. 
because it is and kind you of tweak a... this tweak the script at all to where John Cooper doesn't live in a complete shithole. It would be tough because a lot of the story is just how these two guys are just coasting through life and not really just barely hanging on. Yeah. They're supposed to be like, like John Cooper literally eats scraps. He digs through the fucking couch cushions for lost pieces of popcorn. Dude, when I first started working with Sprants, I was so fucking poor. My meals were, I would, it was a can of green beans and I would just eat raw green beans for lunch. I was that fucking poor. It was again, it was like right as the economy collapsed in 2008 and I was making like fucking $11 an hour and living in Queens, which is, it will literally became mathematically impossible. Like it was, it was not mathematically possible and it, and it eventually turned out that way, but God damn. So I, I've lived the John Cooper experience. I know what you're talking about here, <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's I, weird. Cause your place, your, your place is nice. Like it is, but like, there's a mean thing. It's not that nice. Like you can, I don't know. I, I don't know. I definitely I like- think, you could set dress it so it would look more like what you're needing it to. I think you're you're worrying too much. But well, again, uh, but not again, but I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about at all. Yeah. So I could be completely wrong. But I feel like if you set dress that those fake ass columns to just be uh, just look like regular pillars, like squared, you, you know what I mean? Then that wouldn't that automatic that brings it down a level. Yeah, it, I I think you could hide it easily. And like yeah. I said, you're not going to be paying yourself a location fee. Yeah, you'll have to pay the neighbors, get the okay whatever the fucking apartment whatever you know the landlord wants, and hotel. But the the money you're saving by not having to pay somebody a location fee to use their space. Yeah, I mean, you, you would also pay for a hotel. I mean, you yeah, say with I mean, Carl. Yeah, or if you do pay for the hotel, you could make the decision that you're going to stay in the absolute cheapest hotel you can find. I mean, I would just stay with Carl. Well, yeah. So you're you would save money. Yeah. And you could put that into making it making your apartment not look so nice. <laughs> but I get that the first effort, the first like. I don't know. Like the thought process you're currently in is making it the best possible movie. So I, I get you. You know. And just, look, yeah, if it, if it comes down to it, room. if it comes down to it, I'll I'll shoot it here if they even let me. You know, the landlord could be like, "No, we don't we don't allow that shit." I mean, it'd be weird for a Studio City apartment building to have that rule. But who knows? Maybe they just want their palms greased. It's but it's like that's the thing. When people hear like shooting a movie, they fucking see dollar signs and it's like this is ultra low budget. There are no dollar signs to be had here. Um but you know, I got I have a lot of meetings scheduled. Um a meeting with an entertainment lawyer to try and make sure everything with a crowdsourcing like Indiegogo or Kickstarter is above board and then I can launch that. Um Got that meeting with the director of photography. Got a meeting with a film consultation company. Um, yeah. Iron. Is that Carl's fire. friend's company? Yeah. 
just pushing pushing as much shit as I can. And that's what you should be doing. That's, you know, it's the only way this is going to get done. And you have the time to devote to it that it's going to need. Yeah. And now, so you got to strike while you have it. That's the plan. I have confidence in you. The plan. Jeff doesn't, but I do. (laughs) He told me. I can show you the text thread where Jeff said <laughs> you're going to fall flat on your face. I think you have a better chance of getting this movie accomplished than we would have of beating the, the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. I like those so, odds. I was pretty confident during that. <laughs> or well, before that. Moving on. I don't want to fucking bore anybody with my bullshit any further, but um, I had a a thought pop in my mind that I thought could be Uh-oh. an interesting MSPH poll sticking with movie talk. What do you guys think is the better movie? I love these questions. I love it so much. Give it to me. Goodfellas or The Godfather? I, I'm i going to write down my answer so then that way... No, neither what one of us can be accused think, of copying. What do I think is a better movie, or what do I think the Puminati will think? No, what do, no, you, what do you think? It's it's good, fellas. Like for sure, the Puminati agrees. I think most people would agree. Good, fellas. Yeah, I feel like the older I heads might go Godfather. Not that anybody can see it. Nope, it looks like you're just holding up a blank piece of paper. But I'll take your word for it. Right, I see it. But no, I think I like Godfather a lot. But I more, I think. I don't know. I watch Godfather. I've seen Godfather more than I've seen Goodfellas. That's crazy to me. I watch Goodfellas pretty pretty regularly, and just never gets old. And it's one of those movies you can jump in at any point. I guess Godfather has has a bit of that too. All classic movies do, but like you don't really you don't have to watch Goodfellas from start to end to to really enjoy it. See, I'm with you, Jeff. I think I think Goodfellas is better. I just think there's an argument that could be made that it's just like Godfather is too slow. And it's a hard argument to I, I love Godfather. I think it's a five dicker. I like the first one more than the second one and whatever. They're both iconic. But if someone was like, hey that first scene, the daughter's wedding took like an hour, like maybe shave a little bit off of that. Like, yeah, I feel you. I mean, I like it, but I feel you. Or is it there? If you're really trying to like edit Goodfellas, what are you cutting out and why? Like nothing. Like it's all, it's all awesome. Yeah. I'm with you. And it's, it's, uh, it's more recent, right? When was God, yes. Godfather was yeah. what? The seventies. Yeah, seventy one. God, Goodfellas is ninety, right? Ninety one. It's either, I think it's either ninety or ninety one. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I I think it's more exciting. It's more brutal. It's more fucked up. Yeah, that, I think it's a better movie for sure. N- none of your arguments are invalid. Well, I put I up a Twitter no, like this is one of those things that. You know, 
no one should be upset no matter which way it goes because both movies are fantastic. I think it's kind of cool that Goodfellas is mostly pretty much fully based off and off a real story. Yeah. Like I was reading about the, the was it Latanza heist at LaGuardia and shit is Lufthansa. Love Lufthansa. Yeah, whatever. That shit is <laughs> fucking awesome and fascinating. Yeah. And it was like kind of not a throwaway story, but it was just like one of the many things that happened in Goodfellas. I don't know. That's like one of those movies like it's in the Terminator 2 like tier for me where it's like if you if you honestly just like with a straight face with your chest, I was like Goodfellas is the greatest movie ever. I I don't I don't hate that take. It's like, yeah. OK, fair enough. It's been a few years since I've rewatched it, but. I remember Goodfellas was one of the first movies I ever bought on DVD with the first being basketball. But I, I, you know, that I got, I had Godfather or Goodfellas in my collection before I had, it might've been in the first five that I ever purchased. So I watched the fuck out of it. And it's like I said, it's been a couple of years, but I'm trying to think through my head, like through the mental Rolodex of the movie and like, all right, what's the, what's the slow part in Goodfellas? And it's like, I don't know. They all kind of kick ass. Like even when there's something happening, that's not the most interesting thing, like them going on dates, then it's like, Oh, well then there's that fucking hysterical Joe Pesci line. So that makes that scene awesome. So no, that scene does not suck. That scene does not drag the, the panning shot where they're introducing everybody. I'm going to go and get the paper, get the paper. Yeah, Jimmy two times or whatever. Yeah, there's no fat to be trimmed. It's excellent. So, guys, I have a great Dom story regarding Goodfellas. Oh, oh no! Is this going to change our view of the of the commissioner? I mean, I feel like it shouldn't. It's right on fucking brand for the commissioner. We, uh, him and I, and a bunch of people went to Young Ones in Kutztown. The record store dvd store used video game just everything that a a poor college kid might want to have access to oh yeah uh and dom found goodfellas for a dollar on dvd had never seen it refused to let anyone else buy it bought it watched it hated it He's got it at one star on Letterbox D as we speak. <laughs> and then traded the movie in without letting anybody else who showed interest in it even have a chance at it. He wow. just wiped it out of his life. <laughs> Did he trade it in for more money than he purchased it? That I don't know. They probably but... gave him a dime. <laughs> like he bought it for 99 cents, like trade ins. Go for fucking pennies on the dollar. Well, and that's he took not it even to someplace else to trade in. Oh, uh, okay. Because this was after you guys were out of school. Like we went, we took a day trip down to. <laughs> fucking dumb. His movie takes are usually just so innocent and fun. And this one is kind of like you chose violence today, Dom. Like what the but fuck are you talking said, about? Oh, this is it's on off. brand for Dom to rate Goodfellas an undeniable five dicker one stars. Yeah, Dom's part of the reason that. it's only a 4.4 4 on Letterbox D right now. <laughs> yeah, 
That is a crazy low score. Has I'm assuming Carl has never watched it. Are you going to watch it with her? Um. Yeah, I I do think she has never seen it. And two things: The it, Godfather was 1972, and it's at a 4.5. Ooh, so if Letterbox D was conducting this poll, um, Godfather wins by a nose. And that is on Dom's want to watch list. So he hasn't, he can't <laughs> weigh in on this yet. <laughs> oh man. Well, they Goodfellas Fucking isn't guy. streaming anywhere. Um, Oh my God. Is it fucking out of print? The oh, Godfather no. is on the cock for free. Goodfellas, which I'm very surprised Maybe because I owned it on DVD for so so long, I never upgraded to a Blu-ray copy. But you can get a Blu-ray copy for fourteen dollars on Amazon, which I might have to do just because, like I said, it's been years since I've watched it. Carl's never seen it. I think it'll be, I think it, it'll be a uh, well-received watch. He's probably going to be into it. I've never met anyone besides Dom who didn't love that movie. I would love to do. Maybe you guys could do it for what the fuck did I just watch? Like make Dom watch it again and then talk for an hour about what he didn't like about it. That is like I almost don't believe you. How how could you find idea? Yeah, let's let's really run through the scenes and characters and you pick out the flaws, Dom. Tell yeah. me what you didn't like. Poke holes in this perfect movie. Let's see what you got. We should even do that. I mean, it'll take all fucking day, but that's really what we should do. We should watch do the intro, watch a scene, come back, talk about it, then watch the next scene, talk. Oh, my God. But it would, I almost it would... want to sit in the room with him while he watches it and just stare at him. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking right now, man? Yeah, just watch like some of the coolest shit ever been put on film happen and watch Dom go, <laughs> what are they thinking? And then make Mom, him watch yeah, The Matrix. Getting preferential treatment in prison? Come on. Bullshit. What are the other five dickers that Dom hates? It's like Goodfellas, The Matrix, the Matrix the most... Fight Club. I think he hates Fight Club. The Matrix is one where it's like, I don't think I can ever really fully get your personality. Like, I don't, I just don't, like, if you don't like that one, knowing, like, just, I don't know, knowing Dom like I do or, or, or what. What I know of Dom, I guess is a better way of putting it. If him not liking Matrix kind of breaks my brain. It's like, all right, well, I don't know. Anything. It's your complete wild card when it comes to movie taste. Anything could be come, could come out of your mouth. <laughs> yes, he did rate Fight Club one dick. Ay, ay, ay. I'm not a big Fight Club fan, but I do think it's, it's something. It's me. Like, it's, you know. But you also don't think it's a one dicker, do you? No, like I, it's one of those movies where I would have to give it three automatically because of what everyone else says. And like, <laughs> there's cool shit that happens in it. It's just to me, like the whole story is just fucking weird, and I don't really gravitate towards it. But like, a lot of the shit is pretty awesome, you know. Like if you just cut out the scene and watch it, it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of films, did you guys watch anything in this past week? I saw something you rated on Letterboxd, and I'm very disappointed in you. Oh, yeah? What's that? Missing. 
that looked the trailer for that looked so fucking stupid. Okay, so wait, you watched it? I've seen the trailer. Oh. I saw the trailer and was the entire movie like set up on you were watching different device screens? Yes. Like the way the trailer was shot. So I'm with you. I saw the trailer for this and I was like, oh my God. Like that just seems very gimmicky. Um, I, it almost feels like it would be claustrophobic to be trapped on someone's laptop screen for the length of a movie. It's this generation's found footage movie. Exactly. It's, it's like, a an evolution of found footage. And Which I saw, you famously hate or mm-hmm. did. For for the most part, there there are a few found footage movies that I enjoy, but they're they're few That's and far even between. Recent. The first like, six years, I knew Kevin Kraft. You hated found footage stuff. Blair Witch, that kicks ass. But then you, th- I, if um, I remember, everything kind of ruined that. Yeah, because it, it it just happened too much. It was like it was like it was it is everybody trying to copycat it and throw it into stories that didn't exactly need it. But that M Night Shyamalan one, I feel like I'm in the minority here. But I thought the it's like the visit or something like that. I thought that one was was really good. I enjoyed that. There are a couple of, of found which, films that work. Speaking of which, that new M Night Shyamalan movie with Batista. What's it called again? Not Knock at the cabin. He's he's sucking me back in. It looks fucking awesome, and it's I just based on a not. it's based on a book that he didn't do. Right? He didn't write Correct. the book. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, am I? Have you seen the trailer for that, Kevin? Yeah. It's ba- the name of the book is "The Cabin at the End of the World," because I remember we saw I saw a trailer for it. Uh, when I went with Mark to Mark Rooster to see Violent Night, and I made a wise crack after the trailer about how terrible the title was because it's just the knock at the cabin, and Mark told me that it would be the the title of the book was so much cooler, which is the cabin at the end of the world. Yeah, that is kind of cool. I don't understand why when when movies get like when when somebody buys the rights to a book they always seem to change it like even goodfellas was based on a book but the book wasn't called goodfellas well, i guess what was it called well i'm sure the cabin at the end of the world is too many words for advertising i mean knock at the cabin is still a little wordy no come on it's four words four words it's half as many words all right fuck me Kevin, this is the kind of stuff you have to know if you're going to be a Hollywood bigwig. Oh, eat my shit, shuddy boy. Was it um, <laughs> Wise Guys, I think. was the na- Wise Guy was the name of the book. Just from my quick Google search. But I thought Henry Hill they probably it. changed to Goodfellas because it sounded less... Whatever. Mobby. Yeah. Like, less... It was more palatable to the masses than wise guys. I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, I kind of got my thought process derailed there, but what were we talking well, about? I, I derailed. We were talking I'm about missing. Saying, oh, I'm just yeah. saying, M Night Shyamalan's new movie looks pretty awesome. I'm interested if you. That's guys how are we got derailed. 
Yeah, it looks good. So I saw the trailer once for Missing and was just like, meh. But then I was talking to Ginger and Juice, and this is actually the second movie in the series. There was one called Searching from 2018 with John Cho done in the same exact style. And I told Carl about it, who's a crime junkie. And we were at her place this weekend, and we were trying to find something to watch, and she had all these Amazon digital credits to where we could basically rent this movie for free. She's like, I want, I'm, I'm now interested. I want to see that searching movie. So we watched it, and it was fucking awesome. I, I did not expect to like it, but it's so well done and so well written, and there's so many twists. Like It, it never really leaves you bored. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe it because I, I was like, this gimmick I feel like is going to be annoying. I feel like it's going to wear on me. It doesn't seem sustainable. But it, it somehow worked, and it was fucking cool. And not only that, but it made me feel like a giant moron because they show all the things that you can do from your computer. Like, these motherfuckers are solving these crazy mysteries just using different apps and Google functions and MacBook functions. I was like, man, I know how to use maybe 2% of my computer. I thought I maybe knew how to do 40% of shit before I watched this movie. But then I was just like, oh, I feel so old. Like, you can do that? You can do that? Like, everything that happens on screen is from a device, whether it's FaceTime, Google searches, YouTube videos, news stories, or uh, mobile device screens. So the the searching, the first one, is John Cho's daughter disappears, and it's him just, like, hunting her down, like, trying to find out what happened to her. And then the new one, Missing, is a girl. Her her mom goes away on vacation with her new boyfriend, and she shows up to the airport to pick them up, and they never show up. And her mom just vanishes. And it's just, like, this whole mystery crime thingy with all this sleuthing, and, I mean, you figure an 18-year-old knows way more about tech and all the little secret doodads you can do than a 40-year-old man. And, it again, it blew my fucking mind. I'm like, why, you could do that? And they, they were both awesome. They were both four dickers. I couldn't fucking believe it. Like Carl, I still Carl, don't believe it. Carl and I both loved both of them. They were fucking cool. Dude, I didn't know what you were talking about initially. Then I just Googled missing. I, I actually liked the trailer. I thought it was pretty good. And hearing that you actually liked the movie, I might have to give it a shot. I think the first one was like a, a tenth of a dick better. So I don't know. Maybe you could put searching at 4.1 and missing at a four. The the Some of the twists and turns in missing were a little harder to suspend your disbelief with than the first one, but it was still, still fucking wild. Did she beat up Colombian drug lords like hand to hand? (laughs) Well, (laughs) everything is done from her laptop, so she's not really doing much in person. Yeah, 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 of course. But she, she, you know, she goes on, what is the, there's like a website where you can, it's almost like Uber, but instead of calling a car, you can make someone do chores for you. And she finds some dude, she finds the Colombian version of it to hire a guy in Colombia to be her point man and go to the hotel that they were staying at. 
And that guy was like the his his name's Javi. He was like the coolest character in the movie. He was fucking awesome. But it's all this shit. Like it the the inventiveness to to put a, a story like this together was really impressive. It was so fucking clever. And I really thought I was gonna be like Shuddy Boy, I was in I was in your camp. I was like, give me a break with this shit. Yep. <laughs> but man, was it entertaining. And the, uh, Mark Rooster gave Searching a four also. So They're fucking good, man. I'm telling you. And especially you two dorks. You like those true crime bullshit documentaries. I feel like this would be right up your a-holes. Yeah, but we're both pretty on the record that we hate the internet sleuths. Yeah, but this doesn't this doesn't really have that element to it. And when it does bring it in, it's poking fun at those people. It is, it is maybe more palatable considering, like this internet sleuth is specifically looking for her mom. It is just <laughs> yeah. like a random person that has yeah. no stake in the in the in the in the fight or in the game. I want to watch them again at home so I can pause it and stuff and keep my laptop out and see if I can do the shit that they can do. Because it's it's like. And it was also making me think, wow, they're so fucking organized, too. I feel like my life would be so much more improved if I was smarter. I guess that's the most duh statement I've ever made. Life would be easier if I were a smarter man. Dude, that's what I think about a lot. It's like, man, (laughs) I could accomplish so much more in my day if my brain was just bigger. (laughs) Where, why are the internet sleuths not handling the real crimes and figuring out where Don Lewis is? Oh, man. Is it? Okay, so did, does that mean anything to you, Kevin, or you need to explain further? I have no idea what you guys are talking Carol about. Carol Baskin's husband. The only reason I say that is because a few days ago, she started the rumor that he was found alive. <clears throat> we talked about that in an editorial call, and the way that I heard it was the Homeland Security said that uh, a person within Homeland Security said that he was alive. But the, even the way the writer brought it up, I was like, ah, that feels like bullshit. It, it doesn't, I don't like, like unless they have a video of the guy or, you know, in Costa Rica, then it's like, well, it's just, he says, she said bullshit. Like, did they actually find him in Costa Rica? So for those of the, for those of you at home that are wondering what the fuck are we talking about, Tiger King, which was the biggest thing in the world at the um, start of the pandemic during the pandemic, because yeah, it was like the it was like the one thing everyone watched on TV um, during the pandemic at the beginning of it. Carol Baskins, like the villain of the Tiger King, her husband, um, who was missing, it was recently, as Shuddy said, found or allegedly found in Costa Rica. I, I think it's bullshit. Unless they actually have footage of him, like I don't believe it. Well, speaking of um, documentaries, so I don't know if you guys are on the same page as me, but I think the greatest documentary of all time is King of Kong. I'm not, but I... Well, I think it's uh, the five dicker. I also like documentaries a lot more than you do. So there's that. I I like Can it I when they're my marriage more. Yeah. I was going to say OJ made in America, the miracle on ice documentary from HBO and get back the 
the Beatles documentary of them recording Let It Be. I think it was that album. Interesting. I did not see that coming. Well, so Mount Rushmore, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't really push back on King of Kong. That fucking, that did kick ass, and that was like one of the first documentaries that I watched that I actually like told other people about. Like, do you gotta see this? So, yeah, yeah, I might make it. I, you know, I, I, I'm not interested in it anymore. But there's no denying I was as caught up in the Tiger King saga as everybody else was. You know, it had. It had, from from my opinion, what makes a documentary great are these larger-than-life weirdos that you could never in a million years script, but they just exist. This is literally what you were trying to text Jeff and I about while we were going back and forth about the Eagles-Giants game. Yeah. So, like, the reason why I love King of Kong so much is just the characters in it. Like, you're not going to get a better villain than Billy Mitchell. Like he was such a scumbag, such a piece of shit, but so entertaining and and like you love to hate. And then just those other goofballs. Like, oh, there's a Donkey Kong kill screen about to take place. If anybody would like to go and watch it, like these people were stranger than fiction. And I I watched. You know, we were scrolling through Netflix this weekend, and I saw in the new release tab on Netflix there was something called the Pez Outlaw, and I was like, oh, Pez Outlaw. And Carl wasted no time pouncing on that opportunity. Like, oh, Kevin just pointed out a documentary. She was like, we're watching it. And we hit play. And um, Pez, to me, when I was a little kid growing up, my Uncle Rob, who was a very early influence on my sense of humor and all that shit, uh, he was always like a big brother to me. When he was still living with us, he moved out when he was 18, he collected the weirdest things in the fucking world. Him and his homies used to have a yearly competition of who could find the most different and most unique moist towelettes. And some guy's parent was the judge. And they judged who had the best collection of moist towelettes that year. Uh, he also collected lunchboxes. And then on top of that, he collected Pez. And he would go, on the weekends, he would drive around our area of New Jersey hunting down garage sale signs and go to every single one of them to see if they had any vintage toys or Pez dispensers. Because a lot of those people just find junk and they're like, ah, some shitty piece of plastic, that's five cents. And my uncle would buy them and they'd be these really old ones. At one point back in the day, Pez dispensers didn't have feet. So if you knew, if one didn't have feet, you knew it was a super old one and he had a decent stack of those. And I was just like, I have to watch like this documentary out. If, if it's about a Pez collection and Pez guys, I have to see what's up. And while it's not a five dicker like King of Kong, it had some great fucking characters in it. It had a really good squirrely hamster dick fucking villain that you love to hate this guy sucks i wanted to fucking fart right in his smug mouth and it was about this guy who his whole life essentially had a zz top beard he's ocd manic depressive has a horse farm in montana or minnesota or some shit or maybe michigan 
something with an M. And he he was he's a machinist, always depressed, was constantly searching for a way out of of that that lifestyle, and started collecting cereal boxes for some reason. And then was at a toy convention and saw a Pez dispenser, and it blew his mind. And this guy used the little money he had that was ex- uh, expendable to fly to Europe. I forget which country he went to, but one of the one of the weird, sketchy Eastern European ones you don't want to go to jail in. He flew there, showed up at the Pez factory, sweet-talked his way in, and the people just gave him duffel bags full of these international Pez that you can't get in America. So he brings them back and makes money hand over fist going to, if you can believe it, that these things fucking exist, Pez conventions. Now, if you can stretch your imagination even further to imagine what an attendee of a Pez convention would look like, you get a whole bunch of those people in this documentary. And it was fucking hysterical. I thought it was great. I tried to get you guys to watch it. I don't think it worked because the there was some monumental sports stuff happening, I guess. But the Pez out tried actually on the after sports Saturday and Sunday, and I was just too burnt out to to really pay full attention to it and to watch it all the way through. But I gave it a I gave it a shot. But you didn't I'll, make I'll it. circle back on it. Yeah. Uh, there's the Pennsylvania Pez gathering that appears to not be too far from my house. Man, you should just go and film some Patreon videos oh, there. Look, it's in Kutztown. No fucking way. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was meant to be. It's at the same place the cannabis festival is. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, not it makes at the sense. Same time, it would but... make sense to join the two. You just get super high and then eat a bunch of Pez. But it was the it was uh, October fifteenth of last year. I don't know. I I kind of get fascinated by people collecting weird things, and every couple of months, anytime I'm bored, I like to go on eBay and search for three things. I search Pez dispensers, McDonald's Happy Meal toys, and Beanie Babies, and I filter the results by most expensive first because I just want to see how far into the stratosphere people are shooting their shot to try and get money off these things that nobody really gives a fuck about. And then you can filter it by sold and see which one of these are actually moving. And people are still spending tens of thousands of dollars on single Beanie Babies in 2023. It's still fucking happening. That old lady spent, she said $11,000 on a Pez dispenser? Yeah, yeah. One of the fucking Pez collectors that they talk to in this documentary. Yeah, they have their whole houses are filled like Shuddy Boy with those display cases behind them. People and they have like a room in their house. Yeah, and they are they're just Pez dispensers. And I think they have way more Pez shit than Shuddy Boy does He Man. So I just did that with Masters of the Universe. Um the first listing that actually makes that is solely masters of the universe based is a sealed inbox graded Q 70 plus 
uh, Eternia playset with a price of $25,000, buy it now, or best offer. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, God. Someone take this mouse out of my hand. I'm going to buy it. No, no, no. I. You have one click purchase on your eBay? My best no. offer is $5. Try it, Shuddy. Nope. I'm getting away from. I'm going back to ending soonest. <laughs> That's how uh, I'm filtering my results. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were getting out of the He Man collector game. No, no, no. Like- no. All of this stuff I just opened uh, this weekend. So it's. I like how you point behind you and think Jeff when Jeff and I would be able to notice any changes behind you. Like it's well, the figures have changed since last week. There's so much there. I would only notice if they all vanished. I feel like Shuddy could fill up his own room, like the people, the crazy Pez collector uh, dudes, like they have in their house. It feels like he's getting to the point. Or he could have one of those rooms for He-Man. It's getting to the point where I have one of those rooms for He-Man already, Jeff. (laughs) Well, I thought that was like part of your living room, technically. It is, but it's it's a large majority of the room's walls have display cases on them. Now the living room's part of your He-Man room. Yeah. I mean, if they ever do a He-Man Masters of the Universe collectible documentary, people have to yeah, keep Shuddy Boy in mind. Absolutely. Have you ever crossed paths with someone who is as into He-Man or even more so than you? Yeah, does Dom I count? mean, I'm in Facebook groups, and there ah! are definitely people... <laughs> Uh, I joined them when I was growing my collection to buy stuff, but there are you pussy. There are people in there with much more elaborate setups than than mine. Wow, dude! You should get a He-Man tattoo. Just go over the top. Well, I have the this tiger on this arm. I I could get a Battle Cat version of it on my other shoulder. That's there we bad. go. There yeah. we I go. I have been I have been thinking about that, but you can get battle battle cat tattooed across your neck. No. And then it is his butt end is taking a shit. I'm forty on your knuckles, one years old. I'm not getting I'm this is not the time for neck tattoos. Shuddy boy, you and I are both in our forties now. We both have changed very, very little. Our interests have changed very, very little. We're pot committed. Bradley, this is us. Last, not on the 14th, Bradley turned 20. So I officially have no more teenage children. Nice. Yeah, man. My kids are all older than I am, uh, older physically than I am maturity wise. Your children are older than we were when we met. Yes, they are. (laughs) Weird. This just became an episode of the Twilight Zone. So, Shuddy, I feel like, what, do you, you think when you're 50, you're going to be like, oh, God, I can't believe I liked He-Man and, and Hardcore. Like, I don't think there's too much changing left in our future. Like, no, I get, there's not. There's I get not. shit from I'm Carl not. all the time. Like, 
we were watching some movie. I forget what it was, but there was like some old guy in a polo shirt. She's like, you think someday you'll, when you get older, you'll be wearing a polo shirt? I was like, don't hold your fucking breath, my dear. I will still be wearing right. napalm death shirts when I'm in my 50s. I can't wait for you to become a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> to be my favorite Kevin Kraft. <laughs> uh, I did watch one more movie as well. I watched uh, the guy that made Train to Busan, the Korean zombie movie, which is fucking stellar. He made a new sci-fi movie that went straight to Netflix called Jung E. And it's it was billed kind of as a cyberpunk thing. It's in a dystopian future where everything's high tech and super futuristic, and a lot of people have a majority of humanity has been moved off of Earth to these like uh, I don't know they're they almost kind of look like Halos, like from the Halo franchise. Like people just live in these colonies in outer space and shit. But there's a few people left on Earth, and there's warring factions, and there was this legendary warrior who kicked a bunch of ass, but she failed at the last second trying to accomplish her mission. So they cloned her brain and they're putting it in robots to be perfect fighting machines. And I was like, Oh, that sounds right up my alley. And I watched oh. it and it kind of wasn't as, as much as I love train to Busan. This one, uh, didn't exactly move the needle for me. It had some cool shit. Special effects were a little dodgy but passable, but felt a little too small. Could have been grander, could have done bigger things. And yeah, it, it was at best a 2.75 dicker for me. Didn't watch any movies, uh, but because of you two assholes, you, I started down a very very slippery slope. Oh, I know where this is headed. Full on. Uh, Draven, not a fan of Food Wars. After you watched several of them with him, he still he, didn't get on board? No, he knew what it was. He's like, yeah. do we really have to watch that? I didn't. It, he said it was, he doesn't like all the fan service. What's his issue with he just thinks it's, it's too it's ridiculous is what his say. But we watched the first season of Black Lagoon. Oh my god, you watched the whole season? Yeah, the first we watched hold on, we watched the first Kicks thirteen right? episodes. Oh my Christ. Um we watched the first five or six episodes of One Piece. Oh my God! Shuddy boy became a weeb. He's a weeb. He's a weeb. This it's is hysterical. Oh man! To come through for some more Dragon Ball queefs. I got so many suggestions for you, Shuddy boy. All that He-Man shit behind you is going to be fucking anime PVC statues. No, it's am not. I getting fired right now? Are you firing me from <laughs> Dragon Ball Queef? Uh, so that's what a, a majority of my time was spent doing. Uh, and I hate how much I'm enjoying it. How how was the first season of um, Black Lagoon? Because Jeff and I both loved that first episode. It's really fucking good. It's really good. No shit. There's a lot. Yeah, it it's Almost fucking violent like anime. And yeah, the all the swearing. 
and there is a lot of uh, fan service. First of all, no, there's not much of that. Uh, first, the the fucking theme song is insane. I don't think I remember uh, it. Uh, I would definitely recommend uh, just watching it to to watch the the op. Ah, shuddy boy knows weeb terminology. Get him. Ah, uh, <laughs> um, what a pussy! Am I right, guys? <laughs> theme song lyrics. While you're looking it, that up, but- uh, a quick update on the poll. The Godfather is at 35%. Goodfellas is at 65% of the Puminati weighing in. Oh, okay. All right. So it's like a vote on that. It's it's like a techno beat, and the first verse of the song of the theme is I have a big gun, I took it from my lord, sick with justice. I just want to feel you. I'm your angel. Only a ring away. You make me violate you, no matter who you are. Yeah, I think Jeff and I pointed that out when we did we did that episode on Dragon Ball Queef. It's <laughs> fucking fantastic. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I'm surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Uh, and then we watched the first two episodes of The Last of Us, which, goddamn, it's so good. Yeah, Last of Us is sick. It's fucking sick. I love that. I love last night's episode too. That was awesome. It follows the game. Now that I'm up to speed on it, it absolutely follows the game very closely. Dude, the flashback scenes that they kind of weave in there, which apparently weren't in the game, at least my brother was saying, are fucking sick. Yeah, that flashback scene in episode two last night. In yeah. What Indonesia? Yeah. That ruled. That was awesome. That was. And then just that stupid science talk show that they, they showed in episode one at the beginning from like the 60s or 70s. That was way better than it needed to be. With Big Head in it. Yeah. But this is yeah. it's, this is all done by um, Craig Mazin, I believe, the guy who did Chernobyl, which I can't get over how much I love Chernobyl. That was just fucking excellent it was it was chernobyl was like uncomfortable yeah it was like i've never been terrified by something and it's and it's true this is all true like fuck me we really were (laughs) on the brink of losing it all like we were almost got we almost got sent to the last of us because the two fucking jerk offs in chernobyl fucking crazy but yeah Anyway, sorry, I derailed this again. Last of Us. So good. Definitely watch it. Kicks major beanbags. I'm all about it. Yep. I'm gonna I mean it's in the Clark Sunday uh on the Clark Sunday schedule, I'll tell you that. Uh why don't we <clears throat> before we move on to maybe chipping away at Mount Voicemail, let's let's kick something off we haven't done in a long time. Real quick, Ladies and gentlemen, um, it's now time for today's random, random brain, brain question. question. Go ahead, Shuddy Boy. I'm sorry. No, no. It's related to voicemails. So when oh, we okay. get there, I, we can circle back to it. Jeff, this is a question specifically for you. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Would you 
eat my butt to save my life? <laughs> Why is it specifically for me? Is it because I'm is it because I'm the fattest one of the crew? Oh what, you think I was making a Jeff's hungry joke? I don't know what joke you're making, to be honest. <laughs> like if, if some sadistic madman had a gun to my head and was like, I'm going to blow his brains out unless you eat his butt. Can we do it like a prank call? Like, like pick, don't pick up the phone like that documentary? <laughs> well, no, because you have to know that this is real. This is life or death here. This guy's going to fucking straight up murder me unless you eat my butt out. Uh, man. What is more funny about this question in my mind is what Kevin was doing when this popped into his head where he was like, I wonder if Jeff would eat my ass to save my life. Like what situation was Kevin in that that was the random brain question that popped in his head? I don't like, know. I want, like, I want the backstory. Like, was <laughs> I honestly wish I had an exact answer for you? I don't. Rem- I might have been pooping, but I, I don't know. I mean, what happened to all that bullshit where all you think about nonstop is getting this movie made? Well, that could have been a scene in the movie. <laughs> uh man, uh, you are the homie. Your ass. I have to eat your ass. And the gunman will let me shower first. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. Would you at least do the courtesy of washing your asshole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get the I'll get the loofah in there. My shower. Yeah, poop. I guess I would eat your ass, Kevin. <laughs> uh-huh. There, a nice, good, clean sound bite. You make an easy edit. Oh, but I can't. I fucking made a noise over it. God damn me. Well, you're a true friend, right. Jeff. I appreciate that. Would you would you eat my ass to save my life? I don't know, man. You dropped something on us in the Easter egg about you you keep eating poop chicken or something. No, what? he keeps playing poop chicken, like oh. seeing how long he can go before he absolutely has to get up from work to go poop. Okay, I thought you were specifically eating chicken that made you poop a lot. No, 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 no. I was playing the game Poop Chicken where... Gotcha, gotcha. I get as close to the edge of shitting my pants as possible before I waddle <laughs> over I mean, dog it over to my, my toilet. What a horrible thing to think about while being posed with this question, but I, I, I can't lose you, Jeff. I would eat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wow. Now, don't... We're both just eating, eating each other's asses over here. This is not an invitation for anybody in the Puminati to fucking kidnap kidnap us and force us into this situation, okay? You will go directly to jail. I won't press charges on it if you do that to them. But not after Kevin eats my ass to save my life. No, we're going to have to make it... Now that Shuddy Boy wants to be all smart about it, now the gunman is going to make us do a fucking ass-eating triangle. Oh, wow. You're going to human centipede to save all of our lives? Yeah. Oh God! I never anticipated this. Ew, ew, ew. If that's the case, I actually would pull out and just—we're all gonna get murdered. Fuck it. Yeah, put us in the grave. Fuck this. Should he be you know weird about it? <laughs> he's fucking making yeah. noises and shit. The I know he's gonna this? text me after. Ew, ew, ew. 
All right, fine. Fine, we can get to the fucking, uh, what's it called? Voicemails, yay! Now that we all eating each other's a- eating each other's asses. <laughs> all right, let's see. Where did we leave? Oh, my God, this is um, getting very slow. The suggestion has been made to me by a, a member of the Puminati that maybe voicemails go into the Easter egg. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's something so to consider. If, so if folks don't want to listen to the voicemails, it's easier to avoid them and not miss content. Yeah, I do know voicemails as a segment in itself is very polarizing. Wait, people don't like it? Some no, people think it's the, the low point of the show. Wow. That's kind of surprising to me. Fair enough, though. I mean, yeah, not every voicemail is you know, a Hall of Famer. But I feel like they often spark uh, interesting conversations. And, you know, we had our Hall of Fame voicemail moments with, you know, Poop and Kathy and Chewy Lee and the Fart Wars. the Fart Wars. Yeah. Who could remember the Fart Wars? We lost so many great people, but, I mean, what a prize. It was worth it. Yeah. Your sacrifices will be remembered. Sometimes you've got to break a couple of eggs, you know? Yeah, if you want to make a fart omelet. All right, let's see what this human wants. Oh, shit. Maybe some people people wouldn't have as much of a problem with voicemails if you could get them to work on the first try. Look, it's technology's fault. Hey, MSP8, Trevor from Reno Valley, California. Uh, Trevor, can I use your apartment? I'm calling you to <laughs> drop a little sunshine on your day. Go ahead and play that video. <laughs> There's what? I want to see a poopy. I want to see a poopy. Yeah. Take a poopy? Yeah. And I think. Like a poopy. Poopies or boobies? That's my son saying he likes boobies. He's three years old. Uh, Cover out. So it was boobies. Yeah. Well, I guess if you have a booby-loving child, I can't throw you guys into a hotel. Yeah, I don't feel good talking about a three-year-old and boobies, so I'm just going to leave it. Well, the kid's <laughs> six years old now, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a voice <laughs> from years ago. Fair enough. I guess I feel better about it. Yeah. That, kid, that kid's now 18, so it's okay. It's yeah. chill. Yeah, we go to a strip club with that kid. <laughs> Mad Scientist Party Hour. This is your good friend and faithful Puminati member, Brian from Houston, calling to wish you gentlemen a good day and uh, good man. much love. You guys are my fucking heroes. Thank you, friend. Uh, I'm calling. Last time I called, I was uh, about to embark upon a uh, getaway to San Francisco. Um, I had a pretty good time. Um Unlike what the dragon had spoke about the, um, you know, the the food moves that didn't turn out too well. Uh, all the food I ate was really good. Um, and I, I'm really just happy to report mainly uh, that uh, I didn't shit my pants and I didn't shit the bed. There you go. You're a big boy now. 
Step in the right direction. Yeah. I'm proud of you, Brian. Good job, Brian. I'm starting to think we should market some Puminati brand adult diapers. Yeah, I'll sign all of them. Yeah. Two- or just some really thick underwear. Like you could really Tommy Wiseau it and also have your own brand of underwear once you start making movies. And it just would prevent any poop from getting to the outer layer of pants. I'm not sure that's not a director's a diaper. I'm not sure that's a director's footsteps I exactly want to follow in. But I mean, he did make a movie that's a financial success, so fuck me. Right? I keep telling yeah. myself that too. Every time I think I've hit a hurdle, I'm like, how am I going to get past this? Tommy Wiseau did it. <laughs> he made a movie and completed it. Then again, he had a bottomless bank account and they shot the room on a soundstage, which I can't afford, but hey, I got to do it. If I, I, I can't let Tommy Wiseau beat me. This is the race that has, this has become. He's in weird way, in a weird way, your inspiration. <laughs> yeah. His muse. Yep. Um, which was pretty impressive because my track record lately uh, has been pretty skewed towards doing so. Well, best wishes and best of luck to your butthole, Brian. We salute yeah, you. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm impressed that you weren't. He didn't shit the bed this time. Mad scientist party hour. Uh, this is shit balls. Yeah, shit balls. I'm just calling uh, to let you know. I try to get a hold of Kevin, but <laughs> I have a shit ton of the Hellraiser comics that you guys were talking about a couple episodes oh. ago. Um, and I'm not doing anything with them. They're in perfect condition in the uh, the cardboard sleeves. And I don't have the first edition. That's the only thing that sucks. But I have a fuck shit ton of them. I was going to give them to Kevin if he wanted them. So, uh, get a hold of me and figure out where the fuck I need to send these things to so I can send them to you because I'm not going to use them. By the way, you guys are doing awesome. So, love you guys. See ya. Well, thank you, shitballs. That's, that's very nice of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit balls. It means a lot coming from you. <laughs> but no, hey, you're a tough critic. We don't. Um, you don't have to give us any gifts. Your your listenership is the only gift that we ask for, my friend. Yeah, the voicemail is gift enough. Yeah, unless you have a one bedroom apartment in Southern California on the lower level that you can gift Kevin for two weeks. That is a gift we are looking for. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. Where fucking uh this one? Mad Scientist Party Hour. This November twenty. No, sorry, Jesus Christ, November second. Oh, <laughs> we made it to November. Dude, we're gonna be in Thanksgiving before April Fool's Day. That's gonna be wild. I don't know what's going on. Uh, November second. I've Dating is a big country here. I'm dating my voicemails. Very um, helpful. Thank you. I didn't know where he was going with that. <laughs> yeah, like I'm dating somebody. Yeah, yeah. a big country. I'm dating my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> this is technically still a spooky season voicemail. Uh, oh, boy. It's a couple days after. I had a quick 
question, really for everybody, but for Kevin mostly. Uh, God. Thirteen Kevin, ghosts. Would you eat Jeff's ass? Save his life. The horror movie. <laughs> I believe Shannon Elizabeth's in it and Matthew Willard. Opinions. You know, when I was younger, I fucking loved it. Um, I have not watched it in probably fifteen to twenty years, and assuming it came out in that time period. And I've been contemplating whether I'm going to watch it again, and I don't want to be let down because I loved it so much, and I was so young when I watched it that I don't want it to, as I grow older, the movie to fucking suck. Um, but I trust your opinion on it, so if you fucking like it, I'm going to watch it. Um, Jeff, you should watch it because Shannon Elizabeth does not show her Nugatos in it, first of all. But... There's a dead ch- Yeah, we all know how Jeff hates new gatos, so it's a plus for him. Yeah, yeah. as long as they're not in movies, I'll watch them. Picking it, <laughs> and she shows her fake new gatos. You should Google it. There are new gatos in it, though, is what he's saying. But Just guys, not Shannon keep up the good shit. Have a good day. Yeah, I'm kind of in the, uh, the same boat. Like, I, I remember, I saw... 13 Ghosts around the time that it came out. And I remember being like, wow, that was better than I expected. Um, And I had seen it a handful of times, went a very long time without seeing it. And then I watched it again, maybe like a year and a half ago. And because it was, it was kind of hard to find. It was out of print. And then they actually re-released it on Blu-ray. But the edition they put out was super fucking expensive. I think it was like close to $30. I was like, man, that's a little too much for a 30-year-old horror movie that also wasn't all that critically acclaimed or anything. But I remember it being a cool concept. They're like these ghost hunters, and there's this crazy house where it's all made out of glass, and it's constantly shifting and moving around, and they find out it's being powered by 13 trapped ghosts. And each ghost is different. There's this one screeching lady that has a cage on her head. There's the naked lady who's all slashed up and she's walking around with a butcher knife. There's this massive monster that's all muscle-bound and shit. There were, there were cool ghosts thrown in, but when I rewatched it, it was definitely... I feel like when you watch things when you're younger, you forgive so much more, and then when you get older, you, you pick it apart more. And 13 Ghosts definitely has a lot to pick apart, but... Definitely not as good as I remember it. Um, but the cool parts that I remember being cool were still cool. The story in itself is just very silly, especially when it gets towards the end. But I don't know. If you find a, a free way to watch it, it might not be entirely a waste of time to give it a, a rewatch. But be prepared. It, it is not as good as you remember it. I can say it that. probably Hasn't aged well from yes. 2001. I mean, I love me some Matthew Lillard, especially in horror movies. Absolutely. Here, here. And he's good at this. This is definitely a movie I haven't seen in, at least, in a long fucking time. I mean, easily 20 years. I feel like I've, I watched it too. Because, like, I. Yeah, but it, um, it has probably been. Uh, 
I mean, that definitely was, 15 to 20 years. Definitely. That was early jerk off years for me. And I, I spent some of my early jerk off years whacking it to Shannon Elizabeth. So I'm almost guaranteeing I would have seen this movie. Yeah. And then when, I, when I she, don't remember anything about it. And then you just had to settle to um, jerk off to the, the ghost. Yeah, Tony Tony Shalhoub or whatever that guy's name is. Ah, this is fine. Oh, Tony F- Analoub. F. Murray Abraham? Yeah, I'll, I'll jerk off to him. You guys want to take just <laughs> impromptu crack at Shannon Elizabeth's Letterboxd movies? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, I was just looking at her filmography though, so, but I'm going to X out of it real quick because I don't want to cheat. I, I mean, I'm going to say this. The same movie anyways. Yeah, American Pie has to be high up there, if not number one. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That's got to be up there. What was your guess before Kevin just starts rattling off all of her movies? Yeah, I was going to go American Pie 2, specifically. So, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is number seven. Whoa. Uh, American Pie 2 is number four. Mm. American Pie is number three. 13 Ghosts is number five. Wow, so she was... Love Actually is number one, and Scary Movie is number two. Uh... And I think my chair just died, because I just lowered significantly. That, yeah, I, uh, I, scary movie makes perfect sense. I just forgot she was in that. I just I watched that once in my life. Didn't she get the uh, the the what's um? She got the Drew Barrymore treatment in that, right? Because Drew yeah, Barrymore was the the first kill in Scream, despite being like on the posters. And you're like, oh fuck, she died in the first ten minutes. And then I think because scary movie is a dedicated spoof on Scream, and I think she was the first she gets killed in the beginning of that one and right? she's right on she's the most prominent on the poster or maybe she wasn't the first person killed then it's been a long time since i've seen that as well no she is she's this she's the drew barrymore character no maybe not i don't i have not those are movies i have not seen in a long fucking time either they yeah. started to get silly yeah because they started doing you know, they're they were essentially naked gun movies, and then they started. They ran. I guess they ran out of horror movies, so they just started doing sci-fi, and then just any movie. As long as the movie was popular, they were spoofing it. It was like, oh man, this used to be all horror shit. Anna Ferris had black, dark hair in the first one. Yeah, I had a big crush on her back in the day. Mrs. Chris watch- Pratt. Just friends because of it? No, I, I I feel like the first time I watched Just Friends because I also had a big crush on Amy Smart. Anna Faris being in it was a was a pleasant surprise. It was a bonus. Yeah, a boner. And Who's Chris of, Pratt with, with now? Schwarzenegger's daughter, right? Right. Let me let me click into her. Look at her uh, talent. I feel like she's a minx. All right, let's do this voicemail. Well, obviously, Kevin, this is uh, country music sensation Chode McRundle. 
Uh, I'm calling to let Jeff know. We queef. Chode McGrundle. That's good. Did this guy make that up? I mean, I've never said it before in my life. I don't know if I've ever said it, but man, I want that to be the John Cooper follow-up movie, Chode McGrundle. (laughs) (laughs) That uh, he needs to pay attention to what's going on in the football world because uh, Philadelphia, they're phenomenal this year, aren't they, (laughs) Shady Boy? Yes, sir. Yes, they fucking are. Yes, they (laughs) fucking are. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that on Today of All Days. Thank you. I thought you were going back in time to do the voicemails. Did you pick the one off the top? This is November 6th. Good take. Yeah, Philly is pretty good, huh? (laughs) I'll tell you what, Kevin, you need to keep yourself focused. I do. (laughs) Anyway, Grundle. thought I'd call in, let you know, I'm still watching, and I haven't heard anything from the Super Bowl committee on that halftime show you guys were talking about before the Grammys the other day, and I don't appreciate that. I'm hey, so lost. I need some acai bows over here. Maybe. Turn into Pooping Kathy a little bit. Yeah, yeah, what the hell is going like, on? It sounds like a male version of Pooping Kathy. Need some acai bowls so I can take some power shits. Love you, bye. We'll see. I don't know. I'll talk to you later. Chode McGrundle out. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Chode McGrundle. And is that his voicemail debut? As far as we know? As far as, as far I know. As far as we know. Wow. I was like an Illmatic of... Uh, voicemail debuts. What a what a powerful voicemail. <laughs> All right, I think we've got time for one more. Let's see what this human would like to say. Hello, gentlemen. This is Blaine. Uh, as you guys know, it's right now it's uh, November eighth. So <laughs> for you guys, yeah, it's I still gotta get your package Christmas. over to Kevin. <laughs> but you guys know that I've had a rough time the past few couple months and everything and it's just been gotten rough you know about my son he's doing a lot better now nice and a couple other things have happened but i just wanted to call and say thank all three of you for doing all this it's really kept my spirits up make me laugh just even when i'm down in the dumps and you guys always seem to make me smile and i thank you very much but that's all you guys have a great day i'll see you guys later Hey, nice one, Blaine. I really thought it was, and I got a would Jeff suck a dick question. Like I I was waiting for that to come. (laughs) I was just curious if Jeff would eat my ass. (laughs) Hey, this is Blaine. Uh, If someone had a gun to my head, Jeff, would you eat my ass to save me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm glad you got some good news in your life, Blaine. You're a good, good guy. Very important part of the Puminati. So shout out to you, yeah. my friend. Thanks, friend. All right. We got to head on over to Patreon land. And if you would like to join us, patreon.com slash mad scientist party hour. Uh, there is some truly stellar content waiting for you over there. We are The three of us are very active, creating content around the clock. And uh, if you just want to show some support to the homies, 
keep us afloat. Great way to do it. Patreon.com slash Mad Scientist Party Hour. And if you would like to see these on YouTube, you can see our beautiful mugs at YouTube.com slash Mad Scientist Party Hour. And you can also follow us on Instagram. I'm at Kevin Craft. At Shuddy Boy. At Jeffro Records. And at MSPH Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Speaking of Twitter, right before we bounce, let's see where the poll is at. Uh, good. F- my poll. Good. F- the Godfather is at thirty-one percent. Goodfellas at sixty-nine percent. <laughs> so it looks like Goodfellas is going to run, uh, run away with this one. But we'll see. There's twenty-two hours and fifty-four minutes left on this poll as of record uh, time. Real quick, Kevin, you're. One and O so far in your sports predictions. Oh, I heard about that, but I didn't get the scores right. I mean, you were a little bit off, but it, you you got three out of the four numbers in the score correct. So I'll I'm a sports genius. Say that you were. So Better that being said, who is going to the Super Bowl to represent the AFC? The Kansas City Chiefs. Or the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, you know he can't help himself. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me let me re, let me rephrase that. Who's gonna go and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Queefs or the Cincinnati Bungholes? Oh. Yeah. Nicely done, Jeff. I love oh, both. Right. I'm trying to think of how it would come out it's an of an evenly um, matched game, isn't it? It really is. That really tied things up. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> I know, I know it's the wrong sport, but like I'm picturing Harry Carey delivering the news and being like, "Ah, Queefs win, Queefs win," or if he said, "Bungholes win." They're both excellent, but Queefs, Kansas City Queefs. I know my homie Richard Christie loves loves them. So I think hey, you don't know anyone who likes the Bengals, huh? I don't think or so. Bungles, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. No one does. Uh yeah. So I'm taking the Queefs over the Bungholes. Is that like a one game decided thingy? Yes, it is. Oh, we'll have an answer for you next week. So wait, does this mean that the Eagles are in in the Super Bowl? No, the Eagles play the San Francisco 49ers. I just did not want you to pick on a game that I have emotional stakes in. That's all. Bell. Hmm. Yeah, I'm taking the Queefs, and they're going to win by nine points. Can you just give a final score? Yep, do it again. I will tell you, I'll give you a little bit of background. These are considered high-powered offenses. Yeah, but I think they're going to run out of steam a little bit. I think it's going to be... Patrick Mahomes is playing on a gimp leg, so you do have that. He's strong analysis so far, Kevin. And playoff games are tighter scoring, so good point. I don't know how uh, he, um, the math works, so I already painted myself in a corner by saying nine points. I well, think... that's, not, that's not impossible. 30, to, tw- total, 30 yeah. to 21. Oh, baby, what is the total? Kevin, you could be a fucking, you could be a sports book. The total is 
Uh, I'm like that octopus that 47. always. I'm the octopus so, so that Kevin's always gets four points over the the total. So you like the dog in the over? I do like that dog. What's the spread? Peanut butter. It's now plus one Chiefs. <laughs> Close, Kevin. Plus one, but yeah, peanut plus, butter maybe. Yeah, plus one is the spread. And um, $18 is the VIG. It's it's 10, but okay. I don't uh, Yeah, I, I meant I meant 10. Sure. So, guys, yeah. uh, bet the Chiefs and the points if you're following Kevin Kraft's logic. That's where the smart cause... money is. I have this website I'm launching called OutPunch, <laughs> and um, it's going to handle a lot of this shit that we're talking about right now. Lots of <laughs> lots of vigs and spreads. Solid stuff. Hopefully I can write for them. I'll uh, send you my resume and writing samples. Yeah, you'll be... Um, Jeff, the line of spinach, Clark. You're on fire right now. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We will catch some of you over in Patreon land. Uh, but if you want to hear more of Jeff's stuff, Outkick Sports with Jeff Clark. Outkick Bets. Outkick Bets with Jeff Clark. Doing daily podcasts Monday through Friday. Uh, mostly covering the NBA, especially now that the NFL is done. But I think I'm going to launch a golf show on my feed. So look out for that. But yep. I'll kick bets to Jeff Clark. Fuck. Yeah. Check it out. And, uh, thank you for listening friends, but until next time, something. Keep it a bebop, a Christopher Reeve. Okay, let's see if these fart knockers are on Zoom yet. Beep it a bee bop a doopity boop. Move. It's just kind of like, why don't you throw it into double coverage at the goal line and maybe you guys pick it off? Like, that would make me feel better, right? It, but not picking, not not going for a fourth and six was like kind of like, what the all right, dude. You're getting out coach now. Now you're now you're fucking this up. But like the guy, to your point, it's like Dable did everything great the entire year. Like whatever. We were outmatched and he made a mistake. It doesn't, it's not that big of a deal. I'm a fucking what? cuck. I'm a goddamn cuck. <laughs> I really am. I fucking <laughs> I should have a girlfriend and just invite you guys over to Plower while I take a I videotape it. A bitch. Like like the gaming couple. <laughs> oh, if anybody needs like, me, I'll be over here playing Splatoon. And pretty much. Oh, Kevin, you want to play Fortnite tonight? Oh, no, you're too busy plowing my girlfriend? That's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, fellas? Not much, Kevin Kraft. How are you? You know, just doinking and boinking. You know how I be. <laughs> it's a lot more exciting than what I got going on. I will say, I don't know if this is probably main episode content, but 
I'm addicted to poop chicken. I did not learn my lesson whatsoever. Oh my. It's all wins. I haven't shit my pants since, but I usually get myself up to the point where I'm sweating. Oh my God. Crawfish and shrimp. It's a fooey. I get some yeah. crawfish crawfish and shrimp etafui in your pants. Yeah. That is pretty much the mess that I've been making in the toilet. It looks like a fucking gumbo or an etafui. <laughs> oh, I just filled my toilet up with Baba Booey. <laughs> I'll never learn how to say etafui. Etouffee? Hmm. <laughs> That's actually kind of easy. I guess I could learn that. Yeah, it really is. It's three <laughs> syllables. I still think it's is a much funner way of saying it. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if that would offend some New Orleans or Asian people, right? It's a, it's a Cajun thing. Yeah, I don't know why it would upset any Asian people. Yeah, because they rhyme with Cajun. <laughs> No, I said I said Cajun. I thought you said Asian. He definitely said Cajun. Yeah, at least at, Cajun. A, but I thought a, you said a, Asian. It definitely no, I, sounded like Asian. I no, I was saying my pronunciation. Pronunci- me saying etafui. <laughs> 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 I don't know if that offends Cajun people. I don't want to offend any Asians or Cajuns. No. No. Those are two people, two um, races that I want to be in the good graces of. Especially the Asians. Mm -hmm. I might smoke a lot of podcasts. Oh, yeah. Just heads up, they though, if I go off camera, it's because of that. They Not put it sure. In my mouth. The Outkick editorial board is as cool with marijuana as we are. I want to say they're probably not. Yeah. Which is a bummer, you know? I think, I think our website would be better if we all kind of smoked, smoked some J's. I feel like everybody who is anti-weed should be forced to eat a five milligram gummy just so they can see that it doesn't turn you into a drooling rapist or whatever fucking stupid reefer madness bullshit they still are tricked into believing. Yeah. Just pass out little gummies. Yeah, yeah, take Uh, this. Take this. Akiva gummies. Make the world a better place. Yeah, Mike Tyson just throwing Evander Holyfield ear gummies into people's mouths. Yeah, yeah, take Gosh. this. Take this. Well, I'll punch there's, you. Uh, I'm a punch there's you. also uh, there's a collaboration between him and Evander Holyfield on CBD ear gummies. Mm. So you're saying set a primer and make them eat CBD gummies and then up it to a THC gummy. Well, I'm just saying Evander Holyfield is on board with the, the ear gummies is really what I was saying. Well, that's good. He's a good Christian. 
too. So I feel like if he's on board with this, that could that could bring some conservatives over. Yeah, I mean the first two syllables of his last name are holy. I think he was spending like I don't know, I don't I don't want to I don't want to go too crazy, but at least a million dollars a month on like church donations. Whew. I forget what the what it's called. Well, yeah, you got it. Yeah, tithing. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. You better. You got it. You have to give Jesus your money, or you don't get into heaven. Those are the rules. Yeah, I know it can't hurt. Got to grease off God. Yeah, you got to grease Saint Peter's palms a little bit. Hey, let me let me through the doggy door of the gate. Come on, come on. God's not God's not looking. From an ESPN article in two thousand or uh, wait, do you have the official number? Ten. He gave twenty three million dollars to World Changers Ministries. Oh no! Hopefully that's not like the the televangelists that they're like. You know what? God was pretty pumped that you guys gave me a private jet, but he said you're all going to go to hell unless you buy me a second private jet. So, chop chop. I mean, that's pretty much kind of who he gave the money to. Oh. You would, you would and the name of the preacher that he gave the money to is Creflo Dollar. Oh, no. <laughs> I've heard of that guy. 50 Cent rapped about him. I don't think he said good things. Not Creflo. <laughs> Creflo oh, no. Dollar, 50 Cent. Let's figure out what he said. Popping them things. Wait, you're that's that's for real? You recognize this guy from 50 Cent Lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, hold on. Oh, yeah. Verse one off of the Poppin' Them Things song on the Beg for Mercy album, which was, I thought, an underrated G-Unit album. It was back when he was still cool with Young Buck. Um, he says in verse two, you see them back in the hood. It's because I see they're fake. I preach a sermon about that paper like I'm Creflo Dollar. I pop you punk N-words like I pop my collar. Nice. Solid. Solid lyrics. Yeah. I didn't need that first line, but I I wasn't I didn't read ahead, obviously. So the rhyme is Dalla and Kala. Listen, the fact that you're reading is is a win. Good job. Don't play Jeff. me out like I'm fucking Floyd Mayweather, all right? <laughs> I read daily. Granted, most of that is sports stats and numbers, but still, sometimes they'll weave in sentences. There's still words in there. (laughs) There are. (laughs) And sometimes tough words that not even Kevin would know because they're sports related. I hate those words. Okay, okay. Let's see here. Are we ready? You guys can hear all the things. They put it in my mouth. Yeah, I can hear it all. Nice. All right, let me make sure. Recording in progress. The narc. Yeah. The narc's been invited. I'm going to add that "Beg for Mercy" Gina album to my to my library before I forget. I haven't heard oh. that in for a long time. How far? How long do we have to wait till you actually have one of those clapboards, Kevin? How much long? How far? How far away from clapboard are we actually? 
I don't know. There's a couple more hurdles to clear, and once they're cleared, it seems like then things can just be full speed ahead. But I actually am going to be begging and groveling to the Puminati on this episode to help me clear said hurdle. Well, now I want to know. Oh, you will, Shuddy. Is that it? Are we getting into it? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. From Los Angeles, California, we're the Mad Scientist Party Hour. (laughs) 